Welcome to God and Life and Stuff, a podcast devoted to developing a spirituality sufficient for the tumbled up jumble of our everyday lives. My name is Pete Santucci, and today we're going to set aside all of the how-to literature in our overly professionalized culture and figure out how to be okay with the not knowing that is the status quo of being a parent. So, Mom, you raised five kids. What did you learn? We were sitting in the small family room of our tiny one-bedroom apartment in Vancouver. My parents had come more than a thousand miles to see their newest grandchild, my firstborn. Growing kids God's way was all the rage in some Christian circles that some friends of ours were a part of, and I wanted to hear what advice my seasoned parents had to offer to my newbie parent self. Well, she said, what I learned from raising five kids was that you all were so different that I never figured it out. Oh, thanks. And I was disappointed. The first few weeks of parenting had been rough, and the difficulties with nursing and the infections that came with it for my wife, the sheer sleeplessness of it all, with our son crying for hours through the night. And that's not the half of it. It was overwhelming. When he was two weeks old, I had strapped my son into the front pack baby carrier and gone for a walk in the woods near our apartment. My wife needed a nap and I needed to stretch my legs, so out into the peace and quiet I went. I took a path I hadn't taken before, one that wasn't on our normal route to Regent College, and eventually came to a wide open space but which was still covered by the arched and interlacing branches of alder trees overhead. It felt like a cathedral, and the holiness of the place made me feel a deep longing need for God, a need made more desperate by my lostness as a father. So I pulled my son from the pack and held him up to the light, filtering through the leaves above and prayed. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. He's yours. It wasn't a giving up on him prayer. It was a giving up on me prayer. This is why I was asking my mom for advice. I was hoping she might speak God's good word on parenting to me. And she did. Those words of not knowing have been a better companion than all the practical words of advice, including the brilliant material from the Love and Logic folks, which I highly recommend. There is an essential not knowing in everything holy, including parenting. We are taking part in something far, far bigger than tools and techniques. We are shaping lives, shaping souls, and there simply are no foolproof strategies out there for doing this. If there were, We'd all know them. They'd be taught in a required class. Have you ever noticed that those prenatal birth classes you take leading up to the birth of your child don't teach you anything practical about what to do with the child after it's born? Nothing postnatal? And as Ann Tyler pointed out in Breathing Lessons, We require people to pass a basic competency test before letting them drive, but we require nothing from people before letting them parent. Why? 
as complex and dangerous as driving is, it's way easier and way safer than parenting is. And those growing kids God's way books and DVDs and their ilk, they all beg the question, does God have a way of growing up kids? I mean, if he does, it should be clearly laid out in the Bible, right? As a new parent, I turn to the Bible. If God has advice on this parenting thing, it's got to be here. And it's got to be meticulously laid out, not patched together from a bunch of out-of-context Bible verses. But guess what? There is no significant passage on parenting. Not one, not a single one. Sure, there are verses here and there, but there is no single chapter of the Bible devoted to parenting. There are 1,189 chapters in the Bible, and there isn't an entire one focused on how to raise kids. So much for the Bible being a how-to book. Now, the verses that speak to parenting are good, and they're to be listened to and heeded, followed, but they're few and far between. It almost makes you think God has something else in mind than our obsession with our kids. Hmm. So I turn next to biblical characters. Surely there have got to be some shining examples of parenting among the leading figures of the Bible, right? Let's see. Adam and Eve? Uh, No, one of their kids killed the other one. Abraham and Sarah? No, first of all, they cheated in that whole baby-making process, and then Isaac was still at home and unmarried at 37. Such a mama's boy. He didn't get married till Sarah was dead, and Abraham had to send a servant to go find a wife for him. Oh, and then there was the thing about his dad trying to kill him that one time. He had the knife out and everything. All right, how about Isaac and Rebecca? Nah, their sons were always at it, even in the womb. One tricked the other out of his birthright and then tricked dad out of his blessing by pretending to be the other one at mom's urging. Then he ran away from home in fear for his life, never to see his parents alive again. All right, Jacob? No, not Jacob. Not only did he have two wives, but he fathered children from their maids and those kids sold their little brother to slavers and massacred a whole village. Moses. No, not Moses. He was never around, never available, which is probably why he named his son Gershom, which means wanderer. Samuel. No, his sons were as bad as Eli's boys. In fact, God had to tell him straight up that they were no good and would not be getting his job after him, which is why he gave Saul such a tough time after that. So no, let's see, David, nope, not him either. One son raped his half-sister, that girl's brother murdered the rapist and then led a revolt against David, and then, get this, the revolting son slept with his dad's concubines on the roof of the palace where everyone could see him do it. Talk about revolting. And then David died. And when David died, there was fighting among his sons to determine the next king with the son of an adulterous relationship coming out on top. Okay, how about the parents of Jesus? I mean, certainly they got it right. I mean, can you fail 
in parenting the Son of God? Well, let's see. They got mad at Jesus for spending extra time in the temple. Bad. Extra time at church, not a good thing. And when Jesus was well into his ministry, Mary and her other sons tried to stop Jesus' ministry, believing he was insane. This made Jesus say, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And even though he basically disowned them with that statement because of their unbelief, he did come around and take care of his mom as he was dying on the cross. But I think you get the point. The people we see parenting in the scriptures are just as clueless about what they're doing as we are. Even the most devout ones, even the ones that are our so-called heroes. The story of Jephthah is chilling. In his great devotion, he promises to give God in sacrifice the first thing he sees if he comes home from a successful battle. Well, God gives him the desired success, but when Jephthah is on his way home, his daughter runs out ahead of everyone else to greet him, making her the first thing he saw, not some old goat. Lord, have mercy. My mom's unknowing matches that of the scriptures. When we are dealing with the holy, we are dealing with the most basic and most elemental things in the universe. But we are also dealing with the biggest and broadest, the deepest and most unfathomable. This is the territory of prayer, not of technique. That is not to say that there are no helpful lessons and tools to this. There are, and the wisdom of those who have walked this parenting road ahead of us is far more valuable than anything we'll read on the internet or in magazines. I used to be a magazine editor. I know just how little article writers understand about the topics they write on. What we need is community. We need a collection of friends who may do the details differently, but who support each other as parents, always lending an ear to listen, always lending a hand to help, and sometimes, sometimes lending a word of advice. We need grandparents, lots of them, and especially the kind that aren't related to us. We need their maturity, their perspective, their sanity, their lifelong saturation in the scriptures. We need to embrace the not knowing, the not controlling, the walking on holy ground. We are dealing not just with behaviors and schedules, but with souls. We are dealing with the sacred and therefore with God. And so in our unknowing, we pray and offer them back to God, knowing that with him, they are in the best of hands. Thank you for taking the time to listen. This podcast is copyrighted 2017 by Pete Santucci. For more of God and life and stuff than is on this podcast, please visit the blog at godandlifeandstuff.com.